All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's Sisters United. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, and it's a special month. It's a special month. And we're starting a series uh, um, about domestic awareness. And we're so honored tonight to have our special guest. I'll let her introduce herself. Introduce yourself right quick. I'm Janidra Ledette. I just got married on 23rd, so my name is very new. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And, and, and look, we're we going to come right back and we're going to get into it. We're going to do a little icebreaker, of course, at first. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit about her. Well, no, I don't want to read about I, I want her to talk a lot tonight. And we, we just going to listen because I know God is going to use it in a mighty way. And so uh, we want you to go ahead and share it in your inbox. We're also on YouTube. We're on Twitter right now live. So you can you can you can view it at any of those places. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put it on your TV because sometimes I put it right on my TV and watch. So you can do all that as well. We'll be right back okay after after this Right, y'all. Just a just an icebreaker. I want to ask a question. Mm Going to ask a question for everybody, so we kind of, you know, get all comfortable. My question is: Name? Well, really, well, anyway, name five things that you know for sure. I know it sounds crazy, Mm -hmm. but name five things that you know for sure like you could say i know for sure that my name is janice i know for sure that god loves me i know for sure i need five five things that you know for sure i i was gonna say that i know my name is janidra (laughs) and i know my god loves me i know that regardless of whatever the enemy throws at me i'm gonna overcome and conquer it I know uh, I know I have three children um, and I know that uh, I'm a winner. Mm. Even when I fail, I win. Yes. Winner. Yes. What's that five? That's five right there. Is it five? I think that's five. I got caught up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alicia, five things. <sighs> Let's see. I know that I am a child of the most high God. Amen. I know that I am blessed 
beyond measure simply because he keeps me in all my wrongdoing and all my what I think is my right doing. Mm -hmm. I know that I have four great children that love me unconditionally and I know for sure that we have each other's back. I know that God gave me the gift to sing the roof off of whatever it is, whether it's the church or the restaurants or the clubs that I go yeah. to. I know that I can sing my face off. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see, that was for one more, one more, one more. I know that I have a couple of great, grand, great grandchildren and i don't mean great grandchildren i mean i have a great little set of grandchildren 12 and 14 that i'm absolutely having a ball with right now at this stage in my life yeah those five things for sure i know all right all right okay odessa we are hey naming... sorry i'm late no prizes <laughs> we are naming five things that we know for sure five things Five things that we know for sure. That we know for sure, without a doubt. I'm a mother. Mm -hmm. I am a grandmother. Five things that I know for sure. Why y'all didn't tell me y'all was going to ask me this question? <laughs> I didn't tell nobody. Look, the first two... It just popped up in her head. The first two uh, for all of us was our name, and we know that God loves us, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And that I'm saved. I know that for sure. Yeah. And that I'm loved. I know without a doubt that I am loved. Yes. Yes, all right. And I know at this point, at 62, that I am free. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I like that. I like mm -hmm. that. You know, but okay. I'm thinking about it. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. So um getting to our show tonight. Okay, this is the beginning of a series um uh about domestic awareness, a uh, domestic violence awareness. And all of us have had a situation. I, I well, I know I have dealt with it. Maybe not physical, but emotionally, verbally, I've dealt with it. You know, because sometimes people think that domestic violence is just um, it's just physical. But huh, my God, emotional, you know, mental it can affect us all. So tonight I'm excited for our guests to uh, be with us, praise God, on this live show to share her uh, testimony. And Janidra, uh, did I say it right? Mm -hmm. She said it a couple of times, but <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. And she, uh, Ledette, Ledette, now you, you told us that you, you, got, you got married. So the date is the married September 23rd. All right. Oh, oh wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Well, that's my number six. I know he loves me. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> look, look, what'd you say for sure? For sure. For sure. Yeah. 
For sure. I mad at you. She's an actor, author, domestic violence survivor. Come on, overcomer, mother of three, daughter, men mentor, and wife. Come on. So we're excited about her tonight. She's going to be sharing some good, good uh, uh, testimony. I mean, and I say good, good because she's free. We see her. <laughs> Look, she has the victory. Amen. And I wanted to, I wanted people that, that, that are walking in victory because there's a lot of folks that still stuck and bow in something right now. Mm -hmm. And I believe that her testimony is going to bless you. So I'm giving the floor over to her. Okay. Again, ever. I'm Janidra. I'm going to go way back to where I, I feel like it all started because a lot of things that we go through in life are um, childhood trauma or adult trauma because some people haven't went through things in childhood, but it's something they went through and, and their adulthood, which caused them, is a reaction of actions. You know, right. like you said, you didn't deal with the physical uh, domestic violence, deal with the mentally, the mental. So as a child, I grew up, my mom uh, at the age of seven started doing drugs, uh, crack cocaine. And she was very different before, after she became very abusive in the household, uh, not only to me, but to my stepdad. And and I don't want to call him stepdad because I call him dad. That's, that's who raised me. Uh, and But he was a drug dealer. So a lot of times he was in and out my life, going back and forth to prison. But um, he raised me. He, he really did a good job. He took that responsibility. And his and his family, my aunts and uncles, they, they took care of me. So whenever I would get back in my mom's hands, she would be very abusive to me and be very upset. So I look like my biological father. She was mad. Uh, from the history of them, they um, they were really a loving couple, supposedly. And uh, the minute she said she was pregnant, he didn't want nothing to do with her. So she kind of, I heard that all my life, he looked like him. She would just hit me, whatever. Mm. So unknowingly, I got in a relationship like that. You know, because that, that was something I was used to, was the violence, was the yelling, you know, the the the... Like you said, with the mental abuse, the, the verbal abuse, it, uh, the physical abuse, all that. So when I got with my kid's father, uh, crazy thing was we met in high school and we were in history class. And he was arguing with the history teacher. And his family, all ministers, apostles, evangelists, missionaries, prophets, pastors, and it, it, they all were in church. So... I remember being in church and he wasn't my type, uh, handsome, handsome guy, but he just wasn't my type because I wasn't raised in church and I was more like really hood and he was more kind of, you know, sheltered, but he prophesied to me. I, uh, I was coming to school with uh, wounds, bruises, black eyes, scratches, scrapes, whatever, and I would always say something. I got in a car accident or I fell. And he prophesied to me and said, God told him that wasn't the truth, that and told me exactly. So me not knowing, knowing like I didn't tell nobody. So I knew it had to be God, somebody, you know. And uh, he said, come home. And he's like, me, my grandmother, you know, you can hide there. So that's how I started. I was 15 years old. And I ran away from home and moved in with him. His grandmother didn't even know I was there. She, would, she worked two jobs, took care of him because his mom and dad were also on drugs. 
and I end up getting pregnant at the age of 17 from him. And uh, that's when the abuse started. It, I didn't deal with the verbal. I didn't deal with, he really took care of me. Up until that point, uh, I remember I was pregnant and going to, we were going to the beach or something and I put on some clothes and he came and cut the straps right off of me. Just fell and said, oh, you think you, you think you cute and all that. And he just started repeatedly punching me and abuse just thought I never fought back, never fought back. I just protected my stomach. And then, so it got over time, over the months of me being pregnant, the way I would stop him from hitting me, I started pretending I was passing out. And, uh, I would hear him like, Oh Lord, please, you know, let her woke, let her, uh, wake up. Don't, you know, don't let her die. And his family, his mom, uh, they, they was like to me and not encouraging it, but indulging in it like uh if anything would go on they'll tell me you better stop his nickname was preacher you better stop i'm gonna tell preacher you better do this i'm gonna tell preacher wow. so, so time went on when uh we end up getting married because his family didn't accept us basically living together fornicating whatever and not being married we got married and the abuse just went on the reason why i didn't leave because to weigh my options, it was either go home to my mama or stay with him. Yeah. At that point, I had a child. Uh, I had quit school, high school. I didn't have a job. He didn't want me to work. We ended up getting a, a home, a Habitat for Humanity. So we were like 21 years old. The youngest homeowners, three-bedroom. We had nice cars. Um, everybody wanted to be me, they thought. Literally. I drove nice. They would see me dress nice i didn't have to work and so they were always they always thought and i used to tell him i said if people ever know who you are you're gonna hurt a lot of souls i'm like blood's gonna be on your hands we would leave to go to church in the morning and he been a, just fought me you know i'm wearing shades makeup you know whatever i remember seeking out to you know local pastors and they would just ignore the fact you know just wanting him to preach or whatever it was wanting him to sing he was cheating. Um, it was so much going on. He was also, um, he was undercover homosexual, like sleeping with men at the same time. So here I go. Uh, no job. Now another child and another child. I'm having three children from him. And the whole time I'm there, I remember, you know, men coming over. He said they're going to Bible study. I remember catching uh, him and a man coming out the shower and a lot of people sit here and they, they say, like, why didn't you leave? Or what's the fa the famous words we hear? Girl, you better than me. And we always better than somebody when yeah. when we in that situation. Well, the thing about, I feel like with me is a lot of us go through the same thing, but a lot of us don't tell everybody what we're going through. We're not as transparent. So sitting back there, sitting back thinking how young I was and going through that, and it wasn't no excuses. I was going in and out of the hospital. He was in jail. It was times I was passing out. And uh, I would, I had like an escape for my kids. I told my kids, like whenever he would start fighting me to put, push the dresser behind the door and go through the window and go to the next door neighbor's house. So how I got out of this situation, uh, well, first, initially, I tried to leave. And I moved all the way to Reno, Nevada. And this is with my biological father uh, family. I moved way out there thinking I can get away from him because I this was me trying to save myself. I knew if I would stay local in Houston, we were in Tomball. If I would stay local to, to Tomball, 
All you had to do was call me and say, come home or come get me and say, come home and I'm running back. And so I chose to go way out there and somebody told him where I was at. But before I was there, before he came, I ended up getting a phone call and the phone call was saying that uh, they said that someone I knew had chlamydia. It was syphilis, chlamydia and HIV. I had to get tested. And I was asked, I knew I hadn't slept with anybody with him. They wouldn't give me the name. But of course, I, I, I knew who it was. And I got tested. I ended up being negative for everything. But uh, I called him. And I remember him cussing me out when I told him that I was negative. And I remember him cussing me out. But I lived my life in fear. I'm in a medical field now. But back then, I was so young. I didn't know anything. I remember telling my kids. I, I remember thinking I was just going to die. And I had no knowledge, no education of, of anything. I uh, think I was going to die. I didn't want my kids drinking behind me. My family ended up uh, isolating us, like putting us in a room by themselves. Uh, so then I found out that he was very sick. Uh, a neighbor called me and she said, uh, he's sick. He in the backyard talking to himself. He ain't eating. He lost so much weight. He was wearing a diaper. He had, he had got so depressed initially that he was really taking himself down, you know, not taking his medication or seeking health care. So me as a wife and still the father of my kids, I decided to move back. One of his cousins told me, don't move back. She said, you move back, uh, it's going to be worse. And I was like, this is my husband, that's my husband. So I was like, okay, it's fine. You know, in my head mentally, I'm going to take care of him. That's still my husband. I'm going to take care of him. We're just not going to be a couple, not going to be sexually active. You know, this was be like trying to be there for him. I get back. I wasn't even there a week. And he, he woke me up. He said, hey, you and the kids need to get out. I said, no, this is my house. I ain't going nowhere. He said, get out before I, you make me do something. So he called the police, told the police I put my hands on him. My kids had to make a statement that I didn't. And he took my name off the house while I was gone to Reno. Smart. Uh, filed abandonment on me. So the police uh, was telling me, like, we're not going to keep on coming back here. I still I still stayed. Uh, I begged him, could I stay? Whatever. Then the next day, we ended up getting into a big fight to where he stabbed me in, in the head with a key. Blood was everywhere. I remember fighting for my life until I couldn't fight no more. I remember just passing out. And uh, I saw my kids running, and they ran next door. I was in the hospital about maybe three days. Uh, he went to jail. Uh, got out. I mean, when I got out of the hospital, he was calling me, threatening me. You better get me out, you know, cussing and all this type of stuff. So I bonded him out. I go to, still had to go to court. That's the state, you know, they tried to pick it up. And they were showing me pictures and, uh, of different women of, of being abused. And they was asking me, I recognized them. I didn't. And the picture they were showing me was me. And that was so sad that I didn't even recognize myself. Mm. from all the times of this man was putting his hands on me and mm. I still went back because I still felt like it was better to be there than to go back home to my mama who's on drugs and, and dealing with her, fighting with her, not knowing when I'm going to eat or waking up in the middle of the night, you know, dealing with her. I'm like, my, these my kids are here. So the police came to the house that last time and they said, look, you can stay here and get beat up all you want. But the next time we come, we're taking your kids. 
And so he was telling me a story about a young lady who they went to her home and the guy hit her and she hit her head on the edge of the dresser, bled internally and died. Jesus. And he said, don't let that be you. So I didn't wait. At that moment, I had to make a choice. And I didn't want to wait to see if it happened again. And I left. I remember calling my cousin. She's like, oh, we have to eat. Man, that was the hardest struggle of my life was leaving with three children. He, he wouldn't let me take a car. I didn't have no job. I had $40, a food stamp card, and I told them to get a uh, favorite toy. I say I went from house to house to house, going to family members' homes and their husbands trying to touch on me while I'm asleep. Um, I'm telling them and they, they husband saying I'm lying. You know, I, I remember my uh, one of my cousins helped me out and she made me some fake check subs. I'll never forget. And got me an apartment. And I, we was in a one bedroom. We had a blank, one blanket and some pillows. And uh, I ended up dating somebody a year later. And I'm going to tell y'all how this, how this stuff, it, if you don't ask God to set you free or if you're not free from it, how you can turn from the victim to the, to the villain. Mm -hmm. And I turned from the victim to the villain. This one guy that I was dating, he, uh, he was gentle with me, but he would get too close. He wanted to talk and I became the abuser at that point. Because I was so used to the fighting and the arguing and, and trying to, you know, protect myself. So here I go, got somebody that's really trying to comfort me or just talk to me, just communicate the yeah. right way to communicate. And I started uh, fighting on him. And I remember he told me, he said, um, I'm leaving. I ain't putting up with this. Um, I, my kid's dad would come over and would come to see the kids. I make that guy go hide in the closet. I literally became the villain and so it, it went on with life to where i became so independent and i'm not gonna ever let a man hit me again you know and it messed me up especially being you know molested by my my biological father when i was younger so that also i had that on my back as well to where i didn't trust somebody i they couldn't be on this side i didn't like the smell of vaseline you couldn't touch me a certain type of way you know, I didn't become promiscuous like some people who's been who been violated. I became like selfish with my body. And so I went through life like I was trying to figure out why I kept attracting the same type of person. Even the guy that I uh, started being abusive to, he ended up being abusive to me. I guess he got tired of me hitting him. And one time he punched me and I pushed him out the window and uh, I realized I needed help because of what I had turned to. So I had called my, my dad who raised me and he said, I said, I think I killed this man. I pushed him out two story window and he was on the ground. And he just told me, he said, leave the house and I'm coming. He was gonna really take a case for me. But you know, the guy ended up being okay. But I realized I need help. I needed help at that point. And I had to really sit back and evaluate myself and realize that it was deep rooted childhood trauma. And so after I prayed and I fasted and I got over there, and, and I'm gonna tell y'all a quick little story about when I started, I worked for Harris County now. I started working for Harris County and it was this peach tree outside and the peaches was on the ground and they, the peaches was nice. The color peaches, red, you know, red, pinkish looking and they was on the ground. And so uh, every time somebody would go out there and grab a peach, 
they would be rotten in the inside. But on the outside, they were so pretty and beautiful. I always tell this story. So I remember they had a storm at, in Harris County, right there off of 16 by the Galleria. And the tree was uprooted out the ground with the storm. The bottom of that tree, even though it had green leaves and pretty red, pink plums, the bottom of that tree, the roots had spiders and bugs and there was it was rotted bad. So that showed me of how we are as people that it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. Until we get us right on the inside, we are not going to produce no good fruit. Mm. Then I saw how my oldest son, my daughter had told me one time, she was like, I think Ishmael is um, hitting his girlfriend. So it just kept, it, it kept happening. It kept happening. It kept happening from what they saw, from what I saw to what they saw. So we, we attract who we, where we are. And that's what I saw. My mom did it to me. So I ended up attracting that. So we got to really, when we get into situations, we got to realize or see, is this something that I'm, I'm I'm attracted to or I'm bringing to the table myself, you know, so I had to really just pray and I, I stopped doing, I stopped speaking to women. I stopped speaking to young girls. I had to get myself together yeah. because I, I felt like uh, I was being fake at that point. I'm like, here I go. I'm up. I'm, I got my guard up. Even, even with my husband now, we were having a, uh, we were talking one day and we were having a disagreement and he, he raised his voice at me. And I kept saying, quit yelling at me, quit yelling at me. And then he kept yelling and I threw a backpack at him. The backpack was empty. It was a little bitty flimsy, little, them little cheap backpacks in Walmart. So he got really mad at me. We both triggered each other. He came from abuse. So with him yelling, it made me want to fight him because that was always the next step to, you know, to a situation. And even though this was way back in the days, I had to realize certain things trigger people. It could be a smell. It could be a, a loud sound. It can be, you know, anything. And so uh, that's how it was with me with the, with the molestation. I would smell the, the smell of the Vaseline, the lotion that he used. I could be in the store. And at first, I didn't know why, why I would get so irritated with that smell. Because it was a trigger and it reminded me of something back then. I always guarded this side because that's the side that he came. You know, even sexually, I wasn't, sometimes I would get turned off because a man would touch me in that same type of way. So it's all about just learning. Like really sitting back, I had to realize the reason why I kept going around in the same circle is because I was dealing with abandonment issues, rejection issues, depression, you know, a low self-esteem. You know, it don't matter who say you're pretty. You look at a mirror, so you say you're pretty. But if you don't feel certain way on the inside, we got to get the inside cleaned up. And and that's why I always say I my life coach is called Walls Within. And Walls is my maiden name. And so it's just kind of fit for Walls Within because we got to start from the inside out. And I had to learn it wasn't always, oh, woe me, oh, pity me. I had to get Janitra together because, yes, this all happened to me. You know, and I was innocent when this happened. But what I did afterwards, you know, is, is how you handle the situation after. You know, like I, when I do life coaching, I tell them all, all the time, we think it's people actions. Sometimes it's not their actions, it's their reactions to your action. Right. But we yeah. do certain things so long 
and we, you know, nobody ever correct us. So we feel like I have a right to be this way. I have a right, you know, and I, if I, and I would say if I, if I handle people the way I feel like, because I was done this way, I wouldn't talk to nobody. I wouldn't like nobody. I wouldn't be married to nobody. You know, even with um, my kid's dad, he's HIV positive, And I remember him dating women and stuff like that. And I would always ask, like, did you tell him? And he, he would get mad and tell me, you know, stay out of his business, stuff like that. And I remember telling somebody, like, would I be wrong to let these women know? And he he suffered. He He went through a lot. He suffered a lot. And now he's doing good, you know, with his medication. I barely, barely, I just talked to him like the other day and I hadn't talked to him in some years, you know, but he really went through a lot of, of suffering first as a man of God, you know, but one thing I do know is that God don't care about your illness, your sickness, your disease, your, your uh, drug habits, your alcoholism. If he got a word in you, it's in you. And my kids used to get mad at me because I've, um, I knew who their daddy was before the drugs. And so now, seeing him now, I still remember the person who he was before he got addicted to drugs. And that's that's when the abuse started. That's the part I missed out. He started doing drugs, and that's when the abuse started. And same thing with my mom. So now, here I am, and uh, out here recognizing the symptoms and everybody else and hoping I can be a voice, hoping I can you know help others come out help others get away and get away safely. And cause it's not always, it's not always easy. It's not always, you better than, you better than me. It's not always that. It's not always just pack your stuff. Because one thing I did do know and did learn is that, and learning through helping and talking to other women or men, because it's men out here getting abused too, is yeah. that um, you just can't pack up and just leave. Some people there for finances, you know, some people there because they threaten to take their kids. They, they just don't have any answers and no way out. And hopefully we'll be able to get, you know, more resources to where when women are going through, they can have a little safe haven to where they can get out and start over or get out and be safe, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I want to, I, I, I think this is, is so powerful because when you shared about how you went back, you know, people of the situation like you say people love to say if i was you and girl if i was mm -hmm. you can't really understand mm -hmm. why a person would go back like you what? said it could be finances it could just be a genuine i'm i just I, love them. yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and i always thinking you know you always think that sorry is the, the last sorry like you know when you give people chances and then, you know, sometimes I even went through the, the situation with him where, God, his mom on drugs, his daddy on drugs, too. You know, he just like me. Like, he don't mean it. You know, we got kids. And, you know, it was it's, it was a lot of factors to it. You know, so. Did you go to therapy? No. Let me tell you what happened. Uh, I actually, I had no choice but to grow up. So I didn't start, I had to do, I did some self-therapy. I'm going to say it like that. Well, mm -hmm. all my kids moved out. Uh, I was alone by myself and all my kids had moved out. And I was wondering why I couldn't figure out why I had a hard time being by, you know, being in the household by myself. And I had to think 
it's because I ain't never been by myself. Right. I went from home to him, you know, my kids was there. And so sitting there by myself, I had to deal with Janidra. You know, I do remember uh, when I first left him, I, I went to school. I was working at a club at night uh, as a waitress. And I don't drink or smoke, but I, I used to always drink Coke to make people think I drunk dark liquor. And that's how I was getting men to give me tips. Oh, I, I learned how to finesse the system. I was going to school, working at the hospital. Oh, it was all type of stuff. But I do remember I used to always pass out because I think I would get so overwhelmed. I would just pass out. So I finally went to the doctor and he tried to put me on some uh, psych meds. And I was going to take them, but my mom takes psych meds. And so just knowing how she is, I never took one pill. I said, whatever it was, I was going to fight my way through it, pray my way through it. And uh, I put some pills down the drain. And then I started uh, finding God for myself. So when I was with him, I was going to church and just listening to the word of God. But when I started seeking him for myself, oh, that was a whole nother thing. It was that was that was different, you know. So it's it's one thing to know God and to know of God. So at first I knew of God, but when I got to know him for myself, I learned how to lean not to my own understanding. You know, I learned how to depend on him. I learned how to not worry, not stress. At first I used to be so worried about this and go to that and if this, I don't pay this and then it's going to get out and I'm going to do this, yeah. you know, but when I started depending and got and and just, I'm going to just say just rested in God's bosom like just gave my, gave it just gave it to him. I, yeah. I learned how to give it to him and leave it there and I say that now with my kids, give it to him and leave it there. I always feel like God be sitting there like, oh Lord, here she go again then I just tell you I got this you know, or that she don't, like just want to pop us with his shoe. You know, like there she go. I just told her I got this. And and we don't need to remind God. So when yeah. we're going back with the same problem, he like, I didn't even remember that. Then yeah. you didn't, you know, you, you didn't brought I forgot all about that. You know, so that's what happened is just me knowing God for myself. I used to get they used to call me on prayer lines and I used to be half sleeping, mm-hmm, amen, mm-hmm, whatever. I was younger. But it's so it's so real when they say train up a child the way they should go when they grow they should never depart. So his aunties them that were missionaries they would call me at four or five o'clock in the morning and make me get on that call. They would knock on my door. I wouldn't answer. They would be outside. Say, I know you in there. I know you hear me. And I would not say nothing because they got on my nerves at that time. But them scriptures that they would say, what they would say out loud, whatever them prayers they said over that phone. When I got older, they would come to me right when I very needed it, you know? So it's always good. Like uh, I said, I instill it in my kids. And so sometimes they don't want to hear or when I say, God, show me this. They don't, they don't want to hear it. But now that they getting older, they coming back and they saying, you know, uh, I remember when you said this, or my daughter said, I prayed about this and it came to pass. Yeah. So that's what saved me. God saved me. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say you yeah. did have therapy. You had therapy with Jesus. Yes, yes, and that's the best therapy. Yeah. That's the best therapy. Like I said, it's 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 just getting to know Him. You know, that that's just it. Just just getting to know it's a God. My my mom had a Bible on the table that stayed on Psalms twenty three. All my I don't think that Bible ever turned. So I knew that scripture by heart. But it's just when I got older and and getting to know Him, I remember sitting in church because he he was church of God in Christ. 
sitting in church and getting that overwhelming feeling. I didn't know what was going on with my body. I remember running out of church. So I came back. And now, now I know what that feeling is. Now I know what the Holy Ghost is. Now I know what being what how God is a keeper. And yeah. it just, you know, uh, I laugh at work all the time. Like I got y'all see, I got these smile creases because people say it don't matter what you going through, like you always you got them too. I'm looking at you, Alicia. Look, <laughs> I'm always smiling and laughing because God just been so good to me. Like, even when I didn't know him, when I wasn't praying to him, when I wasn't seeking him, it had to be him keeping me. You know, back then I used to think like, oh, is it a God? Like, how could God allow this to happen to a young child or always going through this stuff? But now when I see I'm, I'm speaking or counseling somebody else, I'm glad he gave it to me because I'm seeing that everybody not as strong. Yeah. Everybody can't handle it. So I yeah. think he gave, yeah, I think he gave me the load. I thank God he put me in a position so I can be able to help and be able to lean. You know, even when I'm praying for people at church, sometimes I just hug them and I just say, Lord, give it to me. Yeah. Because they, they can't handle it. They can't handle it. They yeah. can't handle it. They can't yeah. handle it. Yeah. You know, and you'd be amazed at, um, how much we hear that as black women as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm strong. I'm strong. But it's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff you can't handle. And I thank God. For, I thank God for intercessors. You know, because exactly. mm -hmm. you know, back to back stuff happens in a lot of people's life. You know, mm -hmm. like, who is she going through it again? But really, God is preparing her to help. Preparing. Her. He's preparing it's all her. a test. <laughs> and when you when you look back. You know, and that's what keeps me strong, too. When I look back, when something happened, I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go again. And then I think about it quickly. Girl, look what he brought you from. Come on. Look how you, you said the same thing last time. Yeah. And look where you at now. Yeah. And so that's what he does. He like, he, he just, and then when you look, when you think about it, like, I feel like I'm like, God always, uh, he'll jokester. Because the minute I'm worrying or, or trying to figure something out, and then I say, you know what? Let me just give it to God. And then he'll show me, see, this is why I did this. Yeah. This is why I did. Or even if I do overstep my boundaries with him, he made me look like a fool because you should have just waited on me. Mm. You should have trusted me. My and God. that's it. My God. That trust thing is a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. Like you said, when you, you said you rested in him. I get time that that, 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 um, level happened in my life i just rested because anxieties and depression are, oh yeah oh they will stalk you harass you you know and get you to a place where you can't function so it is a blessing when you learn how to lean and depend on god it is you know some people just sing it and they say it because it sounds good but now it sounds good they do it <laughs> Cause you know, God will put you in a position where you he'll he'll drop you so low where you ain't got no choice but to look up. Come on. And so I, I remember sometimes when people would say, I'm praying for you, I'm like, just leave me alone. I don't want to pray. You know, I don't just leave me alone. You know, and so when 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 I started resting in him, I would just lay on the ground and just cry. Just sit there. I don't have no words. I don't I didn't have no words. And so that would be just a good rest, and my mind would just go. You know, and now when I say uh, just I've got so strong with just learning to depend on him, even at work, when stuff going to work, I remember I was just trying to figure out what to do. I'm like, I ain't no snitch. I ain't going to go tell on nobody, you know, but I've got that all. Oh, this was two weeks ago. 
I went and got that oil. I shut my office door. I rubbed it on my hand. I started putting crosses. And I ain't say no long prayer. All I was saying was the blood of Jesus. Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Blood. I went down my desk. The blood of Jesus on my mouse. The blood of Jesus. I opened up my door, put it on the door handle on the front and back. The blood of Jesus. And, and I put it on my chair. And then I had woke up. I, God had woke me up in the, the next day and he said, uh, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Mm. He said, put that right where your head is. When they open that door, they're going to see it. You know, because my desk way over there. And so I did that. The, the person who was bothering me never stepped foot in my office. No mm. more after that. And that person who was bothering me, because what was happening, she, she was going behind me trying to ask for my position. She mm. said I was she was accent, she was doing it nicely, like you're doing too much, or I just want to help you out. But she was really trying to connive into my position. But she started picking at me. After that didn't work, she started picking and yelling, hitting me with the dough, all type of stuff. I said, Lord, you know I used to be a fighter. Come on, Lord, don't let <laughs> don't give don't give me that temptation. Like, come on. You know, so I'm like, Lord, you gotta you gotta do something right now. Yeah. So I went in that office and uh anyway, the girl no longer there. And uh, they 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 said uh, that she got terminated, whatever, last week or something like that. But she's no longer there. But she was treating me so bad, and I never said a word. Every time she said something, I was like, okay, no problem. I was nice, but God will remove your enemies. Yes, He will. Because you can't you can't touch people. Think people think what do you say? Touch my touch not my anointing. Do my prophet no harm. People think they get away. They wonder why you wonder why I'm different because you said my people are peculiar people. You wonder why I'm different and, and why I'm smiling, why I'm always happy, why I'm always goofy. And then, and then I learned that also some people just hate how people gravitate to you. Mm-hmm. You ain't never did them nothing wrong. They just don't like that you just a happy person and people like you. Yeah. That's it. So, uh, but I know that God chooses what, what we always know, the strongest people to fight these battles. But God, uh, I always say I feel like I'm one of his favorites because I um I see now like why? Like I, I'm reaping the blessings. And I'm not rich. I'm not living in a big mansion. But the joy that I have now, I don't care if God never does anything else. Like I'm like, He has blessed me, you know. And I was talking, um, God had been give, giving me about sacrificial offering and a sacrifice in ourselves. Um, so, and that's what I feel like even in ministry with us talking to women for domestic violence, like if we can sacrifice ourselves, our ministry, our mind, our, our voice, you know, telling the, speaking the truth. Cause sometimes we, we speak, don't want to speak our truth, but while we're not speaking our truth, we letting somebody else live their lie mm-hmm. and we got to get it out. We got to yeah. get it out. You know, the, one of the guys I spoke with the juvenile, he was telling me about, him being molested by uh one of his relatives and he never told until recently just speaking to his sister and found out the same relative was missing with them so i was like have you told her that you remember he said no so this woman just going around living her life mm. you know and so we we got i don't care you know my my biological daddy that family they was like don't get on a radio show i was gonna talk show talking about this I'm not trying to protect him. He ended up committing suicide and he put me in a suicide letter and tried to make me feel guilty. I said, even in your death, you still tried to taunt me, tried to hunt me. Mm. You know, he said I wouldn't forgive him. I forgave you. 
you know, but I don't have to deal with you. Mm. And that's just it. So, you know, it's a lot of people out there like living in this, either currently living in it or and are they away from their abuser, whether it be in a family member or a spouse or something? And yeah. then they have to face it when they see that person again. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I notice a lot of people are dealing with that. Like they they go around they they daddy or they stepdad or their uncle, whoever, cousin, brother, whoever it is, and they relive it every time they go around. And I just want to you know be that person that uh, someone can come talk to, someone can come you know vent and and be able to get out this situation because. It is help. It is a way, you know, it was a little struggle for me getting out of it. But uh, I'm I'm here now and God never took me back down. Every time I, I made a move, it was a level up. Yeah. And I raised my three kids by myself. I don't have any grandkids yet. You know, my daughter, um, she's in college and she just got a promotion. My, my youngest son just moved back from L.A. My oldest son is working like God's really just blessing. And the enemy has tried to attack them. Uh, mentally because of the things that they saw you know I've tried to encourage counseling with them and and that's another thing I want to speak on here about is I remember when I was going through with my kids you know us being we was homeless together stuff like that I thought that uh, it was good to say even though I was going through I never let my kids go I never uh, walked where I took care of my kids but I think sometimes in situations like that, now that I look back, I should have asked for help. I should have asked a, a relative or somebody like, can you watch my kids while I get myself together? You know, instead of bringing my kids through that, you know, uh, thank God, you know, they made it out safely. But a lot of things they had to endure, they had to see. And we thinking our kids are okay. But after I left that household, I started noticing the same behavior. I remember my daughter used to just come in the kitchen and fix us something to eat, and we would be fighting blood everywhere. She just walk on by like it was nothing. Wow! Because she got used to it. Now she's she she's a loner, you know, and uh, she just don't trust people. Like she she's so uh, she's engaged now, but she she the one to check your credit score like before she started dating you. Like she just don't trust nobody. <laughs> So, but I'm like, I have one like that. She does a background check. Yeah, everybody. When I'm, yeah. If I tell her I'm dating somebody, what's his name? When it's right his and, and, and it's because it's because what they see, what they see, you know. And we don't have to say nothing. It's what they see, and so we we got to be mindful when we going through things or uh, allowing our kids to see things, or we think they're not hearing or listening or whatever. Um, even when I was after I left, I started fighting a lot and I remember telling my son my oldest son I was like you he went he went to somebody's house to fight I said you don't do that you can go to jail you can get hurt get killed and he said mama you did it I had no response my oldest son then my youngest son I was telling him about um dating females I was like uh he never wanted to uh date someone he just had different girlfriends I don't want no girlfriend he said mama I'm like you I don't have no feelings I can get over somebody quick wow Mm. Wow. And, and I thought that was a good trait of mine. Like, ooh, baby, I can say I love you on Monday. You mess up with me Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't even know you no more. You know, but not even verbalizing it to my child. Right. They see these and they pick up these mm -hmm. traits. So we just gotta be careful in mind. But now they my youngest is 22. My kids are 22, 26, and 27. And and um, uh, 
they not in jail. They ain't in a grave. You know, they slowly getting into church. Uh, my daughter is faithful in church, but the boys are slowly getting to church. My oldest one, I mean, my youngest one saying he don't believe in God, but he don't believe in hell either. You know, so it's a lot of things that uh, our actions uh, causes reactions in, that, right. in our kids, and we just got to be careful when we allow them to see. I want to... Yeah. I want to um, I want to go back to the beginning um, because one of my one thing that always concerns me is what parents say. Mm -hmm. Children, you know, mm -hmm. say to your child is is <laughs> when it's negative because we when we hear domestic violence we think the mother and the father fighting. Mm -hmm. But we don't know that it's also what you're doing to the child, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Domestic. That's domestic. You know, um, you tell them they'll never be nothing. You tell them they're going to end up being just like your daddy. You don't realize mm -hmm. that that is, you are creating something. You are cycle. seeds. Mm -hmm. So, and I remember you said what your mother was doing. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that. Talk to just, you know. So I, I she, this was like an everyday thing with her. Even uh, she would put me out. She would put me out, and my aunts, her sister, would pick me up. But my mom was so feisty that they would, uh, they stopped coming to get me because she, they, they didn't want to deal with her fighting. Like she's the only one that was on drugs or is on drugs. She's still on drugs now, so they wouldn't. Uh, they didn't want to come get me no more. But just being in a household with her, that's all she said. You look like your daddy. If I wouldn't have never met your dad, if I never, no, not met, if I never would have had you, I'd be a police officer. And uh, let me tell y'all one hurtful thing that she did. And uh, I, I had to remind her this sometimes because our, our relationship is kind of, I, 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 my husband is a blessing because he's the one kind of man in the relationship, but it's kind of, kind of getting there. But when uh, my biological father had life in prison, he ended up getting appealed and got out. And she started messing with him again. I hated her. I hated her, hated her, hated her. And she didn't understand why I was so angry with her. And so finally I spazzed out and I told her, how could you sleep with a man that molested your child? And all she could say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. But that showed... Uh, but my mom said she was molested when she was younger. But that showed like how much love she had for this man. That she didn't care what happened to her own child, and she was with him. Mm -hmm. You know, and so growing up in a household with that, I, I do remember saying, "Oh well, if I'm gonna be because she all he did was going to jail, you're gonna be going back to penitentiary just like him, whatever." So I did. I got in a game. Um, I always was fighting. Nobody could tell me nothing. I just wanted to fight all the time. I was so angry inside. So it wasn't nothing you could, I never talked to people. You just say you miss, I know I didn't mistreat you. I didn't start it, but I was going to finish it. And I had so much anger in me that I was always ready to fight. But those words stuck with me about you ain't going to be nothing. Uh, even she used to tell me, yeah, you're going to meet a man who's going to leave you alone. And uh, I ended up getting pregnant like she did at the same age. You know, um, and me and him end up not being together.
But those words did stick with me for a while. I, I'm just now in college. I went to vocational school, but I graduate in January. And every time I would start something and never finish it mm. with, a, with a lot of stuff and never thought I was um, good enough for a lot of stuff or I would get tired. Or I ain't going to be able to finish. I ain't going to be able to do this or whatever. And so, it, like I said, it wasn't until I sat back and just really just gave myself and, and just laid out, just laid out everything and realized you're going through this because you're dealing with this. You're dealing with abandonment. You're dealing with rejection. You're dealing with this. You're dealing with, you know, the, the abandonment issues was really a hard thing for me that I had to realize I was dealing with because that's what led me to hold on to people longer than I should have. And um, the rejection issues is also led me to hold on to people and deal with things long when I should have because speaking up scared that they may not change, but if I speak up, they gonna leave me. Right. You know, so I'm just not gonna say nothing at all. I knew I know that one. Yeah, and then it's a lot of it's a lot of women like that, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose him, so I'll just take whatever he, you know, I'm going to take Because, look, because I'm a strong black woman, I can take mm -hmm. it, you know, because I remember days of, of uh, where, and I tell them about this all the time, where I just go, I be crying and shout. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. But I'm out of there, and I tell myself, hey, you know, let's nah, just you got this. Order. Yeah. Just go in there and cry it out or whatever, but, you know, it's it's important that we have these talks because mm -hmm. a lot of people we came up in a um in our culture where it the woman took a lot of stuff took oh, a yeah. lot of man drag your man out the club go get your man you know even the songs were tailored towards that what that woman say who that woman is say a piece of a man is better no that thing very right very right yeah. You know, my, my, my kids, that is his, his aunt, them, the evangelists and the missionaries, they would tell me all the time um, that it, I don't care what's going on inside that house. When you leave, when you leave, walk out your door, he's a king. And I was like, I was young and dumb. What they, y'all forgive me for this. They say young, dumb, and full of calm. Mm -hmm. That's all I was, you know. Yeah. And so I listened to them, and they had, they would be with they married to their spouse and don't even the man don't even live with them. He mm -hmm. had other kids. Other kids, yeah. But he can come home and eat. Yeah. And, do, and get you pregnant, get them pregnant. I watched this with his family the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. You know, and a lot of times that comes from the they marry the man, they don't work. So the man is the he, he controls the finance, he controls the house. So you stay because you don't have anywhere else to go. You don't have any job skills. And I think we hide behind, I'm a strong black woman, but really mm -hmm. you have low self-esteem. Really you will. Yeah. <laughs> really really self-esteem is so low. And yeah. then the life that you're leading is mm -hmm. keeps beating you down. So you mm -hmm. don't, your, your self-esteem doesn't have anything to build upon. But yeah. we hide behind, I'm a strong black woman and I can take it. And we really don't have to take that. But once you mm -hmm. get in the cycle, it's very difficult to leave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he used to tell me, don't show my teeth. 
Yeah, uh, I I used to drip. You don't don't show because that's that's too much like flirting. Um, I couldn't smile. I couldn't. I had to wear long skirts and and turtlenecks and stuff like that. And um, and then I started fighting back. Then I realized, oh, he's not as strong. So when I started fighting back and getting the best of him, that kept me in the relationship long because now we gonna fight and I'm gonna beat you up. Yeah, you know, I was there even longer. But uh, when when I finally left, like I said, the police said I remember uh, somebody had gave me some clothes and I had put them clothes on. And I remember walking out the house and this older lady said, uh, uh, "She said, Miss J, she said that's you." I said, "Yeah." She said, "Girl." got a body on you she she don't know what she did to me that day when she said that to me i had been so covered up and wearing baggy clothes and and everything that i didn't even know who i was i had lost my identity yeah i became i wasn't janedra i was just his preacher's wife that's it i had lost my identity and when that lady told me that i had to go back upstairs and look i saw i got a butt i got hips you know, mm-hmm. then I looked myself up. Then you couldn't tell me nothing no more. Now you couldn't tell me nothing. Because your self-esteem yeah. was tapped into. It was broke. It was towed down. And then I, uh, I remember somebody saying I was conceited. I said, no, babe, I'm not conceited. I'm convinced now. Perfect. I'm convinced who I am. Now, at first, I didn't know who I was. I was some, I belonged to somebody else. And and that's what we have to get. That, that that's, that's the word right there. Teach these women or men, whoever getting abused, to get their identity back. You have to. You have to. I was, um, I had been in a situation so long, a verbally abusive situation so long that I had started dating this guy and he would just sit and look at me. No Mm -hmm. makeup, no weave, no nothing. He would tell me just how beautiful I am. And it brought tears to my eyes because you you don't Mm -hmm. realize how how affected you are by what you're going through till you're out of it till you're out of it yeah god send somebody to just it's like mm-hmm. god use them to peel back all exactly those, take yeah. those layers off mm-hmm. yeah 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 this has been a, this has been mm-hmm. a very very good i am in tears so night so i it think was, we need to get back to who we was before we was yeah our children's mother Yes, our, oh. our, our ex's wife or ex's yes. girlfriend, right. yeah. you know, yeah. uh, who employee or whatever. We need to get back to ours, find out who we who we are, what we like. You know, I have to tell my my husband now. I said because he always used to say, you know, when first he didn't want to be like his dad, and I said, you have fought so hard trying not to be like your dad that you don't even know who you are. Yeah. You have lived your whole life trying not to be like somebody. You have not found you. Yeah. yeah. Some of us don't know what we like. What, you know, I remember I didn't, people was asking me favorite things. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite? We don't know. Yeah. Because we have lived up under somebody else's rules and guys, like you said, the, that verbal abuse was hard, horrible. He used to tell me, you not going to listen. You, you, you don't listen unless I'm cussing you out. Uh. Mm. Been there. Yeah. You know, I, I want you to stay right there on that. Uh, when you, because uh, I was sharing that with somebody because they, everything they were doing in their lives, 
had I would always hear them say, I'm gonna show my mama, I'm gonna show my I say, girl, you got to live for you. For you, she talking you about me. Think, I said, you think <laughs> that by by proving your daddy wrong or your mama wrong that you're doing something, but what you're really doing is <laughs> you still living for them. You still live for them. You still have no mm -hmm. idea what you are really supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I it's hard. I promise, you, I promise you, if you if you put all those voices out your head with everybody mm -hmm. and you really say, what do I want to do? You won't, you don't even know. You don't even know. You don't know what you like because you live your life for everybody else. Yeah. That's, my, why we, that's why when our kids leave the house, we lost. When yeah. my father <laughs> died, when my dad died in 2020, I was a basket case. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. I've done everything to, and this is my dad and my mom. My mom is a pastor. Even right now today, that woman can call me and just chew into me like I'm two years old and I just Mm -hmm. We just lost a sister. I just lost a sister in June. Mm -hmm. And I called my mother one day to just cheer up. And this has been going on my whole life. No matter what I do, everything is its something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. I've been told I'm going to hell because I don't go to her church. Mm -hmm. or I don't, I don't adhere to the things that she wants mm -hmm. me to do. Um, go to her church, start her choir do things that she wants to do because you know that will please your mother. You know mm -hmm. that will please, but you're not supposed to be pleasing your parents mm -hmm. and pleasing other people. You're supposed to be doing things to please God. Mm. But when you tell, when I tell her this, and she might be watching because she lurks a lot mm -hmm. on my pages, and I'm saying this out loud because it's I know a good word, word for a phone call. Yeah. And I need to put this out there because I'm tired. You got to be free. I'm I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got a call the other day. Asked me like four times, "Do you love me?" You know, I'm like, "What is this? You doing this in the scriptures? What 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 do you got going on here?" Mm -hmm. You know, well, I don't hear from you, and I don't this, and I don't that. But the last time I actually tried to have a conversation with her, I was letting her know some things that was going on really good in my life, and don't want to hear. You can hear the, I was like, mom, I'm on a plane. I'm getting ready to go to California. Her whole demeanor, why? It was like, mom, I bought a new car. What? How? You know, I was told like, uh, by my counselor in high school that my mom was jealous of me. And what happens that. is, what happens is when you, when you, you do better, then it's, it's sad because tox, toxicity don't care who it's don't come care. from it don't care and um these spirits of that's going through like you know it's a lot of women dealing with their mothers my mom my mom is one when i got married uh, I, 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 you know uh how many times you gonna get married when i when he bought me a car uh, oh i wear my car you know it's just always something you know but you gotta set yourself free i had told my sister my sister say mama keep calling you. My, my my mom don't treat my sister like that Mama keep calling me. I said, tell your mama when she ready to sit down and have a decent conversation and let's talk about the truth and what happened as a child and what's I going on. I can never have that conversation with her. Yeah, my Every mama said, I'm, I'm, I'm dwelling on the past. I said, no, baby, it's the past and the present. Mm -hmm. Like, you still the same person that you were back then. But I just want to tell you that you, you, you gotta, you, 
let her go. You don't got to disrespect her. You can still love her, but love her from over there. Yeah. And that's it. Like, because she got to deal, you got to let God deal with her. She got to deal with herself. Yeah. Because as long as you keep entertaining, don't let people, don't, don't be nobody clown, no, nobody clown in they circus. You got to let, quit letting people puppet you. And, and that's what happens when they get a reaction, like her getting a reaction that, uh, you, I became a, a, a mama pleaser, trying to do things to please her. Just a, a, and I had to tell my mama, I'm tired of trying to make you my mama. I'm tired of trying to be a daughter, trying to force you to be a, a parent to me. So I, I, I used to catch myself lying to her, whatever. Just a, let me see Ooh. if this help her love me. Yeah, let me see if this help her, like or make her want me more. I don't have time for that anymore. And let me tell you what God did. What God did something special for you. He did something special special for you, which is gave you your own family. That's it. Gave you. Gave but when you he gave me my own family, there was so much interference mm -hmm. that I end up divorced. No, I'm talking about your kids. Oh, yeah. my kids, yeah. You but said at the beginning, what was the that, five things she said? Even yeah. through that, you know what how many five years she it said? took? Yeah. You know how many years it took for me to know for sure that my children loved me? Because even in my divorce, my mm -hmm. children shunned away like everything was my fault. Mm -hmm. They didn't know the abuse, the mental breakdowns and the mental mm -hmm. teardowns. Because you protected them from that. That I went through. They don't... Mm -hmm know that but then me leaving it's like you left us here no i didn't leave he put me out right i had to sleep in my car i had to sleep in hotels i had to run from pillar to post i had to leave you there with him Lord of God. Lord and through that i was bashed and browbeat and you're a deadbeat dog ass mama you're a deadbeat mm -hmm. this you're a dirty this and then I have to hear from my mama, you going to hell because you're not at my church. Jesus. You know, you hell bound because you over here at this church and you're not here in mine. And I hope these people not member stealers because you my you part of are you telling everybody that I'm your pastor? And it's all of these acknowledgments. I have a sister that just died. Mm -hmm. I've lived my full life on wanting my family to just be there for me like I've been there for them. And it never will happen. And these same yep. people mm -hmm. that I wanted around me and when they did show up, okay, I'm here. You're going to leave me alone now? Mm -hmm. And they have these conversations. I'm doing this so she just leave me the hell alone. And I feel like now this particular sister is dead. I loved my sister and she was the reason I became a big sister. I was two mm -hmm. years old when she was born. But the toxic the toxic sisterhood was real. Mm -hmm. It was real. The division was created very early on, even that in childhood. From my mom. The molestation that was covered up in childhood. I can't mm -hmm. even talk to my mom about the molestation because all she ever says, oh no, I don't want to talk about that because I'm just going to get upset. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen to you. But you don't want to hear it from... That's what my mama do, yeah. You know, you don't want to hear it from anywhere else. I called her one day after my sister died to sing, and she yelled out, don't sing. That shut me up for months. I couldn't sing for at least a month. I didn't even want to utter 
Or I don't know if you remember sitting at the apostles' table a couple of times. I was saying I don't even have a song today. I couldn't. It broke me so bad I couldn't even sing a song. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to be able to be able to build a word out. And I'm getting to a point now. It's like okay, I have to separate myself. You have to. Yeah, you and now to. that I'm separating and I don't give out the phone calls and sometimes I just don't answer my phone. Oh, I don't. I don't because either. I don't want my phone to, do not disturb all the time. I don't want to I don't mm-hmm. want to offend you. Mm-hmm. Because if I tell you how I feel, you're gonna get offended. You're gonna get offended and make you and feel you're bad. gonna tell me I'm wrong for mm-hmm. feeling the way that I feel. Then you're gonna bring up back when we were growing up, the people didn't like you in church because you loved your kids so much, but you didn't protect them from the, the, the child molesting bishop that was kissing your daughter in the mouth and you we it, it, it got put off on us as kids. You're being fast or you're being this. I'm 10. Mm-hmm. How am I being fast at 10? I don't even know what that is. So by the time I was raped and impregnated at 16, that got covered up. Don't you dare mm-hmm. tell nobody what happened and had to raise that child. You know, and it's just your testimony brought me to tears because so much of the I may not have gotten beaten to bloodiness mm-hmm. or but the verbal and the mental that, abuse. That, oh, that and you know, sometimes you know they, they say words uh real. What they say, sticking stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. That is That's so untrue. Lie. That's, That's so untrue because them words will cut you like a sword. You know, what I want to tell you is how I got over people. That's what you got to get over people. I don't care who it is. God has blessed me with loving women, men, whoever it is. They not, they ain't got, we ain't got no blood, no mm-hmm. bloodline. And uh, I went from being lonely to a happy lonely. I went from being isolated to separated. And that's where you need to come in is separating, separating yourself. Anything, anything that, that, you have to realize when when I when I talk to this person, how do I feel when I get off that phone? If I oh. see they if I see them calling my phone, how do I feel? If I see that text come through, am I like, oh Lord? Exactly. How do you feel every time you you have an interaction with that person? Exactly. If it's nothing good, you gotta cut them off. You got to cut them off. You gotta cut them off. You you can say your last words to her. Yeah. And let her know how you feel. I will put it in the text message because you know ain't no verbal thing. Ain't and no let verbal. her know. You know, for one, I, I just made a post on Facebook by we getting too old to have this. I made this yesterday, I think. We getting too old to have to explain to people or tell people what they did to us or how they hurt us. They know. You ain't got to remind them. You got to just keep going. But to make you feel, to, to get, get it out for you, get it out. Get it out and leave it there. Let her know. You don't have to be disrespectful, but just let her know. I'm letting you go. I'm giving you to God. Same way we have to give our kids sometimes. I'm giving you to God. I'm, I'm no longer going to give you the opportunity to hurt me. Yeah. Until you respect me as your child and make me feel loved as your child. Not her saying I love you. And, and then don't and block it. Because if she really want to talk to you, she's going to make a way. 
Yeah, but she true. needs to know, like, it, uh, it doesn't matter her title as a mama. It doesn't matter her title as a pastor or whatever, whatever she, she uh, titles in church. You know, but you need to let her know, like, you have hurt me for so long. You have mistreated see, me so you long. You have to ask God to take the place of the yearning mm -hmm. that you have mm -hmm. for your mother's love. Because mm -hmm. that's part of the issue. You want her to love you as a mother and in a way that right now she's not capable of doing. I've and never she's had not going just, to talk about it because she's going through parental guilt. She's not going to talk about the molestation and stuff. It's something happened to her. It's something it either going something on with happened her. To her mm -hmm. And she's feeling parental guilt for not being exactly. able to protect you. Mm -hmm. And so to bring it in, to put it in her face hurts her. So she don't want to deal with it. She's not she ready to, to heal. Yeah. But you are in a position where you want to heal and move on. So in order for you to do that, you have to do like she's saying. Put it in the text and get it out there and get it out for you. Get it out the and way. Get it out for you. God to heal the yearning that you have for a mother. Because yeah. you're still, at whatever age you are, doing everything to please your mother. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she's still just shitting it down. And uh, for you to move forward, you're going to have to ask God to take that. You got to release it. You got to release it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the hardest thing for us to do sometimes is just ex to accept that that's who they are. You right. know? Exactly. Because we, 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 we got a picture of what we, they should be. But sometimes right. it's for us to just accept who that person is. <laughs> My, my thing my whole life I have always asked and especially when she when I became an adult it's like I don't need the evangelist right now I just need my mama mm -hmm. yeah. I just need my mom I just need to talk to my mother and I could never I don't know who that is all I know is the preacher the pastor the evangelist the, the, the musician in the church the that's all I know. I just know that lady who know God. That's the only that's the only thing that I know. I really don't know what she likes or what she dislikes. I don't we don't we have not been one to like hang out and get to know. My children know their mama. They know what their mama like, they know what she don't like. If if they know what she like to drink, they know what she what she won't eat, they know what she, you know, they know who not to bring around her because hey you know, they know their mom's personality. They know their mom. I cannot say that same thing. And in my 54 years, I can't say that I've ever really known the true essence of my mother, other than we've been in the Holiness Church, the Pentecostal, mm -hmm. the Church of God in Christ, the slanging the oil, the speaking in tongues. We've been doing that my whole life. And that was something that I've, I've that's the only thing I've ever known. Mm -hmm. So when I finally did become an adult and get into the natural, oh my God, I got attacked. The devil, right. baby, the devil attacked and latched on and I didn't want to turn back to church. I said, if I, once I got out of that church building, I said, I, care, I don't care if I mm -hmm. ever see another church building as long as I live because I could not, even to this day, I thank God for Eagles United Ministries because our ministry is different. Because if I never have to step foot in another church building and deal with church folks, 
Oh yeah, that's something. That's that's a whole. That's a whole nother. Church folks. That's a whole nother podcast. So so this is this is what we're gonna do tonight. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let our guest pray us out. I want for her because um, she you come out and speak at different places, right? Mm-hmm. So I want you to give some contact information. Okay. Give that contact information. Uh, well, before that, I'm going to ask Odessa to give a final word. And then... I think, okay, go ahead. Go you ahead. have a beautiful, beautiful testimony. And I I think your tra- your transparency is just wonderful. And I think more... We need to do more of that so that we can reach more people. Right. And you're probably reaching people that you may never meet and you may never know what your words did for them, like those that like that lady's words did for you. Mm-hmm. So I thank God for you. I uh, it is amazing that you are still in your right mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I thank God for that. I just it's you you just have an amazing testimony. And I encourage you just to continue to tell your story. Thank you. Alicia, your final words for tonight? Thank you for your testimony. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Man. I saw so much of myself in there, but it was, oh, my God, powerful. Absolutely powerful. Amen. And before we go, we want you to share your contact information, a way that that people can contact you, even if they just want to talk. You know, tonight we hear a great breakthrough for Sister Alicia. A great for me as well, because it's I was taking notes. There's so many pieces in there that I needed to hear from myself. Because sometimes we don't release the past. We just carry it around with us in an old an old little paper bag, yeah. just, just lugging it, we're putting it in our purse, taking bag it. lady. And yeah, so it's a blessing that you're so honest. It's a blessing that you, because sometimes we don't share that part where we voluntarily went back. You know, we volunteer. So, so it's been a blessing. Share your information so people can contact you if they need you. My name is Janidra Ledet. My phone number is eight three two three five two. Five nine five nine. Uh, I'm on Facebook. It's Janidra Ledet. Um, Instagram, Walls Within Coach Joe. That's also my um, email. Walls Within Coach Joe at gmail.com. I think that's all my information okay. right there. Okay. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, start prayer. Yeah. Father God, I just want to come to you. Ask, thank you for the opportunity to be on this wonderful podcast and meet these beautiful ladies, hearing these testimonies. Lord, right now, I just want to ask for healing, healing that we don't even know that we need healing from, Lord, allowing us to be real and transparent with ourselves because you can't heal what we don't want to share. You can't heal the fake us, Lord. You can't, you got to heal the real us, Lord. Let us be able to get the strength and the power to be able to leave those situations that, that that we don't belong in, Father. Giving us the strength to move forward, Lord. Giving us the strength to not be able to have generational curses go on to our kids, Lord. Giving us the strength to uproot these problems yes. that we have, well, letting sit 
dormant in our in our mind and our body getting rid of people father lord yes. giving us the strength to walk away from people to not okay. people let people control our mind control our thoughts control our body lord i'm asking you to heal alicia lord i'm asking you to remove yes. those layers like those layers God. of the the of what she needs she she thinks that she needs yes from her mother lord give her the strength give her the mind and let her know that she who she is Yes, sir. All of us on this line, Father. Anybody that's listening yes. on this line, yes. give us the strength to find out who we are. We need to know yes. who we are, who you, who you created, Father. Let us know that you made us. Yes, sir. Regardless of the words that people have said to us, Father, Lord, we know who you are and who you created. Yes, God. Bring us back to us. Show us us, Father. Yes, Bring Lord. us closer to you, Father. Yes. Lord, bless our, our family, our kids, our friends, yes. anyone, Lord. I'm asking you to open doors, Lord. I'm asking you to open doors for this podcast. I'm asking you to allow the names of these women and this podcast to be spoken in rooms that they haven't even stepped foot in, Father. I'm asking you to continue to be a blessing, Lord. I'm asking you to bless them financially, Father. Bless them spiritually, Father. Bless them in their natural life, Father. Let them continue to do the work for you, God. Let them continue to bring women, to unite women together, sisters together, Father. Let them continue to minister the word, Lord. I'm asking you to bring closure to any situations and not let it hover over us, Lord. Yes, Rain don't last always. The cloud cannot stay over a home for long, Father. I'm asking you to remove the, the rain, Father. Yes, God. And rain down your blessings, Father. Yes. Open up heaven and pour down blessings, Father. Yes, sir. Again, I'm asking you for healing. Yes. Sir. Healing, Father. Heal Jesus. Giving women the strength to walk away. Giving women the strength to know the signs before they yes. even step in a situation, Father. Yes, yes, yes. Lord. Protect us. Protect us, Father. Heal these mental wounds. Yes. Getting us back to us, Father. That's what we need to be. Get yes. us back to us. Get us back to where we need to be. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah, we thank you for coming mm -hmm. on. Praise God. Look forward to um, it's open, amen, for mm -hmm. you anytime that God gives you anything that you want to share. Praise God. Mm -hmm. We are open, amen, for you to come amen. and be on okay. the show with us. For those of you that have tuned up, uh, tuned in tonight, we want you to remember that without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with God, all things are possible. Who cares? God, God cares. God bless you and good night. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.